Hey, welcome to Permission to Elevate, a space for you to lean into creating a life that lights you up, to exploring your deepest desires and learning all about how to clear out the clutter in your mind that's been holding you back up until now from going after everything that's possible for you. I'm Kelly Jennifer, your host and mindset coach, and I'm committed to holding you high, to proving to you that your obstacles and distractions are nothing but thought errors that can be reprogrammed, and to help you find the success, self-love, and limitless possibility that your heart is craving. I can't wait to elevate together. Let's go. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of Permission to Elevate. I'm so happy that you're here. I do have to warn you that I'm a bit congested, so my voice is going to sound a little bit raspier than usual, so please forgive me. Today, I want to talk about something that I have recently experienced, and I just thought that it would be beneficial to share my experience here because I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels this. So as you may or may not know, I am an American. I am from the United States, from the beautiful sagebrush-filled state of Nevada, and I currently live and have been living for the last nine years in Spain with my Spanish husband and now half-Spanish baby. (laughs) So that puts a certain lens on life for me. So it's important for you to know that if you're going to keep listening to this podcast, because there's a lot of things that I'm going to talk about, you know, what I'm learning from the Spanish culture and what kinds of things are different and what kinds of things are the same. And sometimes I'll just drop different references or sometimes I'll drop a Spanish word in here or there. And so you should know where that comes from. But recently, we celebrated Thanksgiving, which is an American holiday. Obviously, it is not celebrated in Spain. I often get that question, which I think is funny. And then usually right after people ask it, they kind of stop and think. And then they go back on the question and (laughs) wish that they had never asked it, which is funny to watch. Um, But no, Thanksgiving is not celebrated here in Spain. But yes, I do celebrate it. We have this beautiful, wonderful group of Americans, fellow Americans here in Spain, in Valladolid, the city that I live in. And so we actually all get together and celebrate together. And then we also celebrate here at home. My husband does a really wonderful job of always trying to, you know, make my American holiday celebrations as special as possible. But the holidays are always a smidge challenging for me because of course it's a time when you traditionally spend time with family and friends and so it makes me miss them a little bit extra even though I always miss them. It makes me think about what I might be missing out on so there's a little bit of FOMO as I scroll and I see families in their Christmas pajamas and I see giant turkeys and I see people drinking eggnog. What I would not give for eggnog. Um, If anybody has a good homemade recipe that's not ridiculously complicated, please send it my way. 
But yeah, I mean, I, traditionally around the holidays, I become this really sad person. I hate to admit that out loud, but it's quite true. And if you were to ask my husband, he would certainly confirm that it's a time, uh, poor guy, it's a time when I am very reflective, I'm very sort of weepy and needy and just, you know, feeling bummed out. And traditionally, I've let myself feel bummed out and I've kind of just leaned into it. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that, right? Um, one is that I've told myself that it's okay to feel my feelings, which of course it is. But also, I think there's a a little bit of a payoff there for me in that I get some attention, right? It's, again, hard for me to admit this, but I believe that it's true that it's a little bit of an attention-getting mechanism, not only from my husband, from my family members who, you know, feel bad that I'm not a part of their celebrations, um, friends both in the States and in Spain who say, you know, gosh, how you doing? Hanging in there kind of a thing. So as I've become more aware of these things, because I have not always had such keen awareness of the fact that A, I was in control of my feelings the whole time had I wanted to be. B, I was getting some sort of a payoff for my weepiness. And, you know, so as I become more aware of these things, I'm making decisions around what I want to change, right? So now that I know that I can control my feelings, I am aware that yes, it is okay to allow myself to feel sad, but it's also okay to allow myself to experience some joy. And what the big lesson for me this year on Thanksgiving Day was that I want to share with you here is that both joy and sadness can exist at the same time in our bodies. I think this is more important than we realize. At least this is how it felt for me. It felt like a very important sort of discovery because traditionally when I have felt a way that I didn't want to feel when I have felt sad or angry and I have wanted to change the way that I feel, I've sort of created this internal battle unknowingly and, you know, not on purpose. But I've created this internal battle where I feel sad and I think, okay, I need to do something about this. I need to cheer myself up. I need to change my mindset. I need to go do something that's going to generate fun. In past years, uh, there's been a leaning on substances where I've said, okay, this is my trigger to drink. This is my trigger to have a lot of wine because I want to feel differently than I'm feeling right now and I'm not really sure how to do that. And so um, drinking wine tends to work for that. I know now that that's not something that I want to continue to do. Because for me personally, and it's just a personal choice, um, the drinking and the numbing it away sort of just creates more drama in my head later on, right? It oftentimes creates more drama in my life because I tend to be a consumer who doesn't hesitate to pick fights. Um, <laughs> I'm admitting a lot of things that are – I can't believe I'm admitting, but – 
I'm a little bit of a feisty drinker and I am a crier. And the next day, I always just feel like absolute rubbish about myself. Yes, I just said rubbish. I just got off the phone with my dear friend who lives in England. So I feel like I can say rubbish now because I have a direct connection to somebody who says rubbish on a regular basis. Anyway, I've decided, I've determined that drinking a lot of wine, especially around the holidays, is not something that serves me or my highest good. So it's not something that I want to do anymore. And so this year, what I did for Thanksgiving was I decided the day before that I was going to take the day off, which felt really nice, just that decision of like, oh, I'm going to celebrate the holiday too, even though I don't live in the United States. You know, there's not going to be a lot of people online. There's not going to be a lot of people connected. So why don't I just give myself a break and celebrate this day too? That in itself felt really good because I was just allowing myself a day of rest. And I started to get curious about how I was going to celebrate it. And I knew that I wanted to take myself out to breakfast in a nice place. I love Spanish breakfasts. Um, You can find in most places a tostada con tomate, which is just a piece of bread with like with fresh tomato on it, but not like slices of tomato. It's like they use a um, like a cheese grater to um, grate a tomato. I don't know. It's 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 a mashed up tomato. It's like a tomato spread, right? But it's fresh tomato. It's chunks of tomato cut up very, very small and usually drizzled with some extra virgin Spanish olive oil, a little bit of salt. It's delightful. And in some places now, you can find it with avocado. There's a place that I actually went to this year that has a tostada con tomate with aguacate, avocado, and honey and sesame seed. Oh my God, it's delightful. Anyway, I took myself out to a beautiful Spanish breakfast all by myself. And I went to a place that overlooked the city and just sort of sat there and sat with myself. I didn't get on my phone, which was very tempting, but I just kind of kept it there face down. And I had I had brought a notebook with me to in case I wanted to journal or write some things down or even work a little bit. And I I also didn't grab for that. I just really sat and I was just present with myself. And in that moment, I realized that I was experiencing sadness and pure joy at the very same time. I was sad that I wasn't with my family. I was sad that I couldn't be with my husband and my baby because here in Spain, it's just a normal day and everybody's just off working and doing their normal everyday things. And there was a part of me that felt a little bit lonely and that I would have wanted to be with people that I love. But another part of me just felt extreme gratitude for living in this beautiful place that I live, for being immersed in this culture that I love so much and I've enjoyed so much learning all about, for having learned the language which I knew nothing of when I moved here. I mean, nothing. I literally moved to Spain without knowing Spanish, and I live in a city where they speak very little English. Um, I mean, I knew like 
azul and donde está el baño. Pretty much. Oh yeah, you're going to hear my castellano accent as well when I say Spanish words, which you Americans know as a lisp. <laughs> uh, it's real Spanish people. Anyway, I was just in this place of wanting to cry and wanting to smile all at the same time. And it was this beautiful realization of like, wow, these two feelings can and are existing at the same time. Now, again, maybe this is something that many of you already knew that positive and negative feelings can exist at the same time, right? This is where the term bittersweet comes from. But there's a lesson here in allowing both of those feelings to exist together instead of correcting, right? So again, what I would have done previously would have been, I feel bad and I don't want to anymore. And so how do I correct? How do I make myself feel joyful instead of sad? How do I create happiness to drown out the sadness or the anger or the bitterness, or the worry, or whatever the negative emotion is, I would have thought of ways to push it down, to drown it out potentially with things like alcohol, or to try to overpower my own mind with my mind and create a new emotion. But this sensation of letting them exist together was so empowering. It was so gratifying. It was so just strengthening. And it was like, oh, I can let these two feelings exist at the same time. And one doesn't have to win out over the other. I don't have to show myself that I'm wrong by feeling the sad things and correct it with a happier emotion. I can just allow the positive and the negative, to occupy my body at the same time. They can both exist and I can just be and I can just be in this present moment. So there may be scenarios in your life where you would like to feel this as well. Maybe it's something simple like it's Monday and all of your coworkers complain about Mondays and you feel like you're not allowed to feel how you actually feel, like maybe you feel super energized on Mondays. Maybe you had a good weekend and you're having a super good hair day and like you want to waltz in all excited about Monday, but you feel like you're not allowed to or that you're not supposed to, right? So maybe you're, you're feeling a little bit of a conflict of feelings there. Or maybe it's something more serious, like there's somebody in your life going through something really traumatic or difficult and you're experiencing really great things in your life in this moment. And so it's how do you feel empathetic towards them and feel for them and experience their feelings with them and your own feelings about it, right? Because likely if it's somebody who you care about, you also feel the negative feelings about the situation, but maybe you can also allow your joy and your celebration of the things that are going well in, in your life to exist at the same time. So there's a couple of tips that I have for you around how you might be able to allow both of these things to exist at the same time. The first one being to stop shooting all over yourself. You may or may not have heard this term before. I absolutely love it. 
we always should ourselves to death, right? We tell ourselves all the time that we should feel a certain way. We should act a certain way, behave a certain way. We should think a certain way about something. So whenever we find ourselves getting caught up in what we should or shouldn't do, I like to ask myself this very important question, which is, says who? I mean, think about it. Like, who is the actual person or the almighty entity who decides how anything in the world actually should be? I mean, I'm talking anything. Like, why... When we really break it all down, there is no such thing as should because none of it is real. It's all just our perception of what society has painted a picture for us that shows us what is expected of us. But really by who? You know, sure, our our families have expectations of us, um, our friends, our circles of influence. But most of the time, those expectations really just exist in our own heads. They don't even exist for the people we think that they exist for. So when you're feeling like there's a certain way that you should be feeling, maybe it's your birthday and you feel sad and you think that you should feel happy, just ask yourself, says who? Says who? Be aware that no one actually has the ability to tell you what you should or should not be doing or thinking, right? It's sometimes harder for us to grasp, but the reality is that's that's just the reality. The other thing that I think is really helpful, so this is tip number two when it comes to allowing both a negative and a positive feeling to exist together, is identifying what those feelings actually are. Now, this is not something that most of us are used to, not something that most of us are actually taught how to do, but we can actually learn to understand ourselves enough, learn to become familiar enough with our own feelings that we're able to identify the names of the feelings. There's no good, bad, right or wrong way of doing this, but whatever we believe that the feeling is, we can actually identify where it sort of lives in our body, where we feel it in our body. Emotions are the language of the body and thoughts are the language of the mind. So sometimes our feelings are sort of just swimming around in our body unidentified, right? Like we know that we feel icky or weird or gross or bad or good, but we're not stopping long enough to identify what is that feeling? Is it anger? Is it joy? Is it jealousy? Is it excitement? Like what what is the actual feeling? And if we can learn to name and become familiar with our feelings, then it's much easier to identify those moments when two feelings do exist together. And it's sort of just an awareness where you can say, like I did as I was having breakfast, like, oh, this is so interesting. Joy and sadness are here together right now. And really, it's more than just interesting. It's more than just fascinating. It's more than just, oh, this is something that is fascinating to know about. What are my feelings named? It's not really about that. It's about when we know what they are, when we're able to identify them and where they live in our bodies, when we become so in tune with ourselves that we know how we're feeling, it's much easier when we want to create more of those feelings. Because we'll talk about this in another podcast, but we can always generate 
the feelings that we want to feel in our lives. Our feelings are generated by our thoughts and our thoughts can be devised. Our thoughts can be created by us. The other thing that I think it's really important for us to understand here about feelings and why it's so important to know what they are and to name them and to know what we're actually feeling is that, you know, we're not taught this, but the fact is that feelings are actually everything in life. Everything that we do in life is motivated by a feeling. Absolutely everything. Whether you consider yourself a a very emotional person or not, it doesn't matter. Everything that we do in life, everything that we want in life, everything that we don't do in life, all of those things are driven by feelings. If we want to make a lot of money, that is because of the way that we think that it's going to make us feel when we have it. If we want to eat a donut, that's because either we're trying to escape from a feeling we already have, we're trying not to feel it anymore, or we're looking for the feeling that we're going to feel when we're eating the donut or after we finish eating the donut. It's always, whether it's huge, huge things like getting married or whether it's super simple things like deciding what we're going to have for dinner, every single thing that we do in life is driven by our feelings. And so there's really not anything in my mind more important for us to start to understand, to understand how we're feeling, to understand what we're feeling, and then to start to learn how to generate more of those feelings that we actually want to feel. The other thing that I think is really important here in allowing the two feelings to exist at the same time is to give ourselves permission to feel our feelings just for us. This can get convoluted. I'm not sure I know the perfect way to explain this in a simplified way. So stay with me because I think that you're going to see yourself in what I'm saying. We oftentimes, this ties in with what we talked about before about how we think that we should feel, right? Shoulding all over ourselves. Sometimes we white knuckle or hold on to really tightly our feelings because we think that the way that we feel is going to influence how somebody else feels. So for example, in in my example that I talked about earlier in the, in the Thanksgiving example, I talked about how in previous years, I was pretty darn dedicated to feeling bad around the holidays because it was almost like by me feeling bad, I felt like I was going to control how other people felt and they would feel bad for me. Now, in reality, most of them, I mean, maybe my mom would feel bad for me because moms have mom hearts and they have that empathy, right? But most people probably didn't spend more than half of a second actually feeling bad for me. They just expressed empathy, right? They just expressed, oh gosh, that sucks. Are you okay, right? They were just nice people. But we do this in a lot of other ways too. Sometimes we hold on to our angry feelings because we believe that if we were to let go of them, that it would let somebody else off the hook. If I let go of my anger when I'm in a fight, then whoever I'm mad at feels like, oh, she's happy again, so I'm off the hook. And so I can feel happy again. Whereas if I stay angry, then they have to stay feeling bad, right? That's how the scenario runs in our heads. And so oftentimes we're in situations where maybe we want to feel joy. I was talking to a client the other day and she said that they were decorating the house for Christmas and she was in a fight with her partner and she loves decorating the house for Christmas. This is her favorite thing. She looks forward to it all year. They go all out, the whole family gets involved, but it was ruined 
because she was fighting with her partner. And as she was explaining the situation to me, I was realizing that, or rather we really realized together that she could have chosen to feel joy in that moment. And it wasn't necessarily that she wasn't willing to feel joy for her. It was that she had this idea that if she felt joyful, that that would let her partner off the hook. That would mean that her partner was forgiven and that everything was fine and that whatever the partner did wrong was now all of a sudden fine. Can you identify yourself in this a little bit? Have you seen yourself do this where you white knuckle a feeling, not allowing yourself to feel better in a scenario because you believe that by feeling the way that you feel, it's going to influence the way somebody else feels and you want the other person to feel that. Here's the reality of the situation. We actually can never control how anybody else feels. Even when we think we can, we cannot. Because just as our feelings are controlled by our thoughts, their feelings are controlled by their thoughts. And we also can't control their thoughts. They could have any random thought about our feeling and we're never going to know what that is. That's all shaped and formed by their lens on life, by the life that they've lived, by the influences they've had, by the experiences they've had. Each individual person has a completely unique lens on life. They have a completely unique set of filters that their thoughts go through when their feelings are created. So as hard as we try to generate other people's feelings and to punish other people by feeling bad ourselves so that they all feel bad, it doesn't work that way. And so this is great news because this means that we can actually let ourselves off the hook. This means that we can change the way we feel or rather allow a good feeling in when we want to experience it. Even if we're not quite ready for that bad feeling to go away, right? They can exist at the same time, but we can allow in a little bit of that joy of the experience that we're in in the moment without fully letting go of the anger. We can allow ourselves to feel the joy at the same time without worrying about how that's going to affect anybody else because the truth is it's not. So it's very freeing to know that our feelings are for us. They're just for us. So we don't have to punish other people by holding on to our icky feelings for the sake of making them feel icky because it just doesn't work that way. What great news. So I hope you have found this helpful and I hope that you start practicing becoming more aware of your feelings and more in touch with how you're feeling on an everyday basis because this will allow you to start to be able to generate more of those feelings that you actually want to feel. And if you need some support around that, I actually have a free course on my website that is seven steps to managing your emotions. And it helps you to be able to start to identify what your feelings are, what you would like to feel every day, and how to start moving in that direction. So go to kellyjennifer.com forward slash services and you're going to find that free online course. I hope that you have a beautiful day. And if you're listening to this around the holidays, I hope that you have such lovely holidays. And I'll be speaking to you very soon. 
Hey, thanks again for listening to this episode of Permission to Elevate. This is not the only free resource I have for you. Head over to kellyjennifer.com for more and make sure to follow me at I am Kelly Jennifer on Instagram too. In the meantime, I'll just be over here cheering you on. Talk soon. Thank you.